We can definitely escape, Bender. All you have to do is bend the hatch off this steam pipe. Hey, yeah! No good! It's full of steam! Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage to one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Today we're talking about season one, episode four, Love's Labors Lost in Space. There's so many L's in that episode title. It was kind of hard to get out, not going to lie. That's a behind the curtain look into how we record this podcast. Sometimes things are hard to say. That's just that may just be talking. Yeah, you might you might be right about that. It's mostly just English. It's not just English. There are other languages that it's tough to speak in. English is the only difficult language. I take that back before anybody writes any <laughs> like angry at back to Futurama. Yeah, don't tweet at me about how <laughs> Japanese is a harder language. I know it's a harder language. Uh, rip your mentions, I believe, is the right right way to say that. Anyways, shall we just get into this episode? Yeah, let's then? just do it. Uh, so love labors, love the. Speaking of, loves labors lost in space. Uh, we start out with a cold open on this one. Leela's on the date with the guy who turns out to have a vile lizard tongue in her word. Sure. The, the thing that I really love about this cold open is how they riff on the idea of the food in pill form. Yes. Because I think one of the things that Futurama is really good at is really kind of um what's the word i'm looking for here futurama is really good kind of misdirection well they're good at the misdirection but they're also really good at sort of subverting the usual retro futuristic tropes yeah like you've got the jetsons where they literally just eat food in pill form right it's kind of the stereotypical future idea and in this one it she comments on how big the portions are and it's these little tiny things. And then uh, her date's like, if you like that, just wait till you try these after dinner mints. And it's that it's that combination of the misdirection plus the subverting the trope that just tickles me oh so well. Mike is literally speechless. That's a good way to put it. It's the tickling. I I can't deal with the tickling. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good um it's definitely a good cold open and gets across some of the future futuristic ideas. But also is pretty funny. Hold on a second, I'm pulling up a thing on my computer. Do 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 we're doing some research on the fly. On the fly. Well, I didn't take great notes for this, so I kind of forgot the plot of this episode. So I'm well, looking I mean, up a plot synopsis. Well, they're okay. So they're going on a trip to Vergon Six to save animals, basically. Oh, you're jumping the gun a little bit on that. Well, I mean, that's basically the main plot. No, that's fair. That's what but I mean, drives them to to meet Zap. Zap Brand again. Well, no, because we just we skipped over a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean the 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 sexy nightclub stuff, yeah, right? I suppose. 
So right after the credits, there is a slurm van driving by Planet Express in one of those kind of like establishing shots. Uh-huh. And knowing that we haven't actually heard anything about slurm yet. We, we It may be, I think it's probably in the opening credits. I think so, we've yeah. We've seen like posters and stuff, but it's not something that's been touched upon by the actor or the actors of uh, the the characters or anything like that so i think it's it's one of those it's an, another thing about creating this world and we know that there's going to be sodas but we don't know what the slurm is and what what story it has behind it why is it why is it like radioactive green and i think it's just something that they keep another example of the way that the writers just kind of sneak something in at the beginning to make this world seem more and is more fleshed out. That's true. I mean, the episode with the slurm factory isn't until season two, I believe. You're probably right. Yeah. Then we cut to everybody talking to Leela about how her date went with the vile lizard tongued man. Mm -hmm. Her quotes, not ours. It's true. I have nothing against people with lizard tongues. Nothing at all. I just want to point that out. Since apparently last weekend I was amoebaist. Amoebaist. We still need to we just make sure you talk to your kids about being open for amoebas. I was gonna make a really crude, <laughs> a, 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 an off-color joke, and I will not do so. Amy starts suggesting that they try out a couple of things. Well, I mean everybody suggests a couple yeah, of things. Zoidberg has amazing medical advice of waiting till the the eggs are laid, and then everything will be fine another great zoidberg moment i think you feel about zoidberg the way i feel about bender because or possibly calculon or possibly calculon as we referenced last week i just feel like every time i turn around i'm like dang there's a calculon there well i was i mean yeah but i mean i'm talking (laughs) more about bender you don't see calculon in every episode if it was your your futurama we would There'd be more calculon all the time. This this took an accusatory like tone, and I did not intend that. It I mean it does feel a little accusatory, <laughs> not gonna lie. But they're all talking about various places that one can meet a prospective mate. That's true. I again I mean, I'm just going to reinforce the stereotype here, but I love Bender's suggestion of a <laughs> saucy puppet show. Sure. I prefer uh, Hermes' uh, suggestion of the Federal Sex Bureau. Seems like a great place to go. If you're a bureaucrat, I guess. Maybe you're bureaucrat leaning, or maybe you're, you're bureaucrat curious. No, thank you. <laughs> okay, well... We all have our own specific tastes. No, the Saucy Puppet Show, though, is one of those jokes where it really kind of starts to make my mind wander. Kind of like the sexeteria we spoke about in episode two, where it's like, I just kind of start trying to envision what a Saucy Puppet Show is, and then I really don't like where that goes. Okay, I have a question for you then. Okay, and shoot. This is this is somewhat like the sexeteria question, the blackjack and hookers. If you were to open a saucy puppet show, what would it be called? No strings attached. Oh, I like that. 
I don't. I absolutely dislike the <laughs> the concept, but it is a good answer to what I said. It's very funny, very good, but also terrifying and gross. So well done. Thank you. <laughs> that was that was a much much better and quicker answer than my original, you know, joke, which was awful and bad. But you know, we can't all be Ben. Everybody wishes. Amy decides that they are going to her suggestion, which is a place called the Hip Joint, which is a joke that took me way longer than I care to admit to actually get. Do you mean the fact that it's hip, but it's also saying it's a hip, or is it? Like that, you may have to explain this one to me. Like I didn't, that, I never the, thought that was a the joke. joint, the the joint being the place is a hip place. Yeah, but also that the human body has a hip joint. Okay, that's not a good podcast. That was just for me, because because <laughs> it just like because that's what people used to call it, like the hip joint. Like I thought it was just like, oh, let's go to the hip joint. What's the hip joint? Oh, just go to the. You know, the, it's it's a who's on first joke to me. There, I can see that there's a layer there, yes. I thought it was clever. Well, I'm not saying it's not clever. Maybe I'm not clever enough for the show. Maybe this is one time that I the show went and I could not follow. I just, I thought it was so clever. I'm, I just, fine, we'll move on. I don't, I don't even care anymore, Mike. My, fa- my favorite part is it's the, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> It, it's it's definitely a looks to be a a fun nightclub where everybody wears rings, which are no longer cool. Which it, Fry said that they were cool, and a British guy overheard. I think it was British. Sounded this British. Is kind of a British guy who who immediately accused him of being uncool. Did that guy say rings are cool? It's like no, whoa, dude, that's an oddly aggressive tone. That wasn't the worst British accent I've heard. So that well done. Well, cheerio. I do like the kind of statement where it's the worst offense that could ever happen that how dare you say something is cool when it is not cool when it is not cool and then Amy just saying no he said that they were he said that they were uncool and then suddenly it's cool yeah it's very weird it's a very weird energy that guy brings to that well no I I feel that's how that's kind of how real life is, just maybe not so black and white about it. Like you're cool if you like the cool things and you're uncool if you don't like the cool things and you're ironically cool if you ironically like the uncool things. Sure. You're ironically cool if you live in Portland, Oregon. It keeps coming up about how ironic I am and I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. (laughs) Well, it depends. Is it the real kind of irony or the Alanis Morissette ironic? I can be both kinds. They are not mutually exclusive. That's a good point. Leela has a pretty unsuccessful night at the hip joint. That's true. But a lot of the uh, a lot of the bachelors that come over and talk to them are deemed by Bender to be gay via his radar, which he calls a gaydar. I just like that the gaydar is an actual device that he has. That's true. Like, because I've heard a lot of people reference a gaydar. Yeah, but he's actually physically got one. It, it it's un it's unsure if it actually works in the way he suggests it would. Well, I mean, he he concludes that basically everyone and everything is gay. He even mentions that 
it could be getting interference from a gay weather balloon. How is a weather balloon going to be gay? That's true. I, I, I do like how there was no judgment there. It's like Right. Even the guy who does the uh, hover sled racing or whatever it yeah. is, he's like, oh, man, I wish I was part of that gay circuit because those cats can really fly. Exactly. Like, they're better at what I do than I am. So I thought that was an interesting... Uh, we've talked about it in the past, and I think we talked about it last week, but now they're they see into the you know the future and where we're kind of going. So I thought it was interesting that they were accepting there and not making, you know, gayness the the um the butt of the joke. But no, you're right. There's not really any judgment about it. It's just you know, the guy doing the hover racing might be gay and the being made out of pure energy maybe from a sure. dimension that's big on musical theater. Yeah. And that's great. And also Zoidberg is over there romancing a lobster out of an <laughs> aquarium which these things are all happening at the same time so i've obviously seen that scene a lot where zoidberg falls in love with that lobster in the tank i don't think it's until i was watching this with a more critical i'm going to do a podcast about this sort of eye where i really appreciated just the brilliance of how that scene was done oh it's incredible with all the like kind of um pastel lighting and like the really blurry filter and and all of that and it is so good oh it's very good and also it has the best character on the show in it so of course it does i i it's it's it would be incredible even if it was like bender falling in love with a calculator or something like that so if i'm gonna start up a all my circuits (laughs) <laughs> podcast are you gonna start a zoidberg podcast all zoidberg all the time what do you think i'm making this podcast for welcome to zoidberg radio whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> well done i've been i i i can now say i've done that into a microphone for someone else to listen to. Check that one off the bucket list. And done. Yeah, Zoidberg uh, Zoidberg actually ends up going home with that lobster, which, well done for him. Good Fry time. goes home with the woman from the 21st century. That's true. And Bender gets to go see a saucy puppet show. So uh, I think everybody wins. Well, except for Leela. Except for Leela. Forever alone. Mm. Um, mm. Perpetually judged for having only one eye. Which is kind of a counterpoint to what I was saying earlier about the no judgment on physical attributes or, you know, your, the way you live your life. Like everybody judges Leela for only having one eye. And there's a lot of times that that's the butt of the joke. I mean, that's true. I mean, even Zoidberg goes home with a lobster at the end of that night and Leela doesn't specifically because she's got the one eye. Right. Interesting point. Thank you. I think that's pretty much all we've got at the hip joint and i think we can just keep going to truth to the actual kind of point of or at least an a, the actual plot of the episode where they are going on a charitable mission to vergon 6 which they hear from a from the computer this is vergon 6 and then the the professor immediately repeats it back to them which i found very every time i i listen to that it's very funny to me and this is, I think this is the first mention of dark matter and it also that it's the fuel that powers the spaceship. Yep, that's correct. 
Um, before that, we don't really get an idea of what might actually power the Planet Express ship, or any ship for that matter. Sure. God, it's it comes back to Bender again. <laughs> All right. So if I'm making this Zoidberg cast, you're making a Bender cast. Look, don't think for a second that I won't do that. This 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 podcast is going to get weirdly aggressive, everybody. So just hold, strap in tight. Hold on. I think our first bonus episode is going to be a debate over who's better, Zoidberg or Bender. I think we all know who's going to win that debate. <laughs> Anyways, my favorite part in that scene is when it's revealed that the whole point of the mission is to go get two of every animal off of Vergon 6. Bender asks, well, why two? And then Leela like, whispers in his ear and he kind of giggles <laughs> because... I just I like the idea of simultaneously having that innocence of like, well, not even necessarily innocence, but also just not understanding how biological creatures work. But then also immediately knowing this is something to giggle about because they're talking <laughs> about doing the nasty. Then they fly off to Vergon 6 yep. and they're still talking about Leela's love life. Which I feel, I actually kind of feel a little bit bad for Leela about, just because having been in that situation, it's very frustrating to constantly have your friends be all like, hey, here's my advice as to how to uh, find somebody. Sure. Now, when you say you've been in that situation, you mean a one-eyed space captain? In a previous job, I was a one-eyed space captain. Okay. See, I just, I didn't know that about you, Ben. But I'm I'm glad to have learned a little bit more about you tonight. Before I started my prestigious podcasting career, I was a one-eyed space pilot. Okay. That's good to know. Thank you. I Thank you for your service. Not going to make a Hamilton reference here. <laughs> <laughs> no. No Hamcast. I said I wasn't going to. Thank you. And then we finally get to meet Zap Brannigan, um, another very large secondary character in the show. Yeah. Along with Kiff. Don't forget Kiff. I will never forget Kiff. Never forget Kiff. He's already just so done with being Zap Brang in second. Just so done. Every time that Zap asks him to do something, he's just like, oh, okay. Well, and not to make it all about Zap Brannigan here, because I do not want to forget about Kiff, but... I do have a couple of interesting facts, uh, like behind-the-scenes facts about Zap Brannigan. First of all, I think it was really interesting that when the show was originally in production, uh, Phil Hartman was actually originally going to mm-hmm. be the voice of Zap Brannigan before yeah. he, of course, died. And it's it's very interesting to think about Phil Hartman doing the voice of Zap Brannigan. It probably would have given it a different feel. And I think you'd you'd probably see Zappa maybe less than you do because right now it's I mean right now, uh, right right now sixteen years ago, Zap Brannigan is voiced by the same person that does Fry and Professor and every, every and Zoidberg and exactly basically everybody except for the women and Bender yeah so having that u- utility player basically be able to be like oh we need Zap and he just kind of does it. Instead of being like, oh, we need Zap. Well, we have to go get, get Phil. Phil Hartman on the line. And that's probably a little bit more expensive. We have our, we've already got Billy West. We might as well just bring him back in. 
Yeah, but it would have been so awesome to yeah, get certainly. Phil Hartman doing that role. Oh, absolutely. Such a shame. Yeah. The other interesting thing that I read about Zap Brannigan is that in his sort of conception, he's what the writers feel is like about a 50-50% mix between Captain Kirk and the actual William Shatner. Okay. Well, what, is, what, are, what are they saying about William Shatner then? Just sort of his um, acting style, I guess. I don't, I don't know exactly what they decided made that really like William Shatner, but that's the character that they had envisioned in their head when they made Zap Brannigan. Gotcha. I, I think that's a very interesting thing because you can definitely see where you, you, he's got some Shatnerisms and he's also got that kind of Captain-y Kirk stuff too. So you can totally see where it went, but you can definitely see where it also kind of deviated from that where it becomes, you know. Well, he definitely becomes his own thing for yeah. sure. I think it's interesting that that's where that came from. You well, don't I have do. to think that's interesting. I do, though, is the thing. I think it's interesting as well. So there. And well, all right, then. All right. This does not mean that the debate <laughs> is not well, going to happen. Well, the debate was not ever about Zap Brannigan. It was about Zoyberg versus Bender. Maybe we can get Zap Brannigan to moderate it. Billy West, if you're listening. <laughs> Billy West, please please t- tweet us at, at Back to Futurama. No, wait, that's not fair. He voices uh, Zoidberg. Ha-ha, you didn't think of that. Ah, son of a... Ha-ha. John DiMaggio, you can also tweet at us, at Back to Futurama. Thank you. See? Equal equal representation, okay? We'll go with that. (laughs) We'll give equal time to both Zoidberg and Bender. We meet Kiff and Zap Brannigan. Mm -hmm. Leela is immediately impressed um fry's immediately impressed sure yeah because of the something somethings in the something something system exactly and you even before they board the ship you can tell that leela obviously has a crush on him i mean who doesn't with those velour uniforms everything is velour i well maybe even the formal shorts are velour by the way this is a note i have later i want to have formal shorts what do for wait um, I'm going to Google formal oh, thank shorts. You. I, you know, just pull it up there so I can order one and then just, just be awe everybody when I go to the next formal occasion in my formal shorts and they'll be like, yes, that is what you should be wearing to this formal occasion. All y'all wearing pants. You're wrong. You're wrong. It's that it's right there. So I pulled up a Google image search for some. Oh yes. Formal shorts. Look at those shorts. <laughs> that sounds really awful. Um, said it like that. <laughs> but seriously, those those are those are some good looking shorts that I'd love to wear. We should put a picture. We should put that picture in the show notes, so everybody can enjoy the 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 formal shorts. I'll I'll tweet it out um, when this episode goes up, mm-hmm. so that sounds good. And just in case you're a little too worried about Google image searching formal shorts. Uh, first of all, it's not as bad as you might think. Darn it. But just in case you still don't want that in your Google search history, I'd understand, and I'll <laughs> I'll tweet that. Leela explains that they are there to rescue the animals, and Zap lets her know that according to Brannigan's Law... Brannigan's Law. ...which is hard and fast like Brannigan's love, they are not allowed to interfere with the planet. With undeveloped worlds. Yes, thank you. And so they get put into prison... Mm-hmm. Space prison? 
It's not really a prison. It's kind I mean, it's more of a jail. They get put into a space jail. Space jail. Leela goes and talks to Zap afterwards, and meanwhile... Well, talks. We'll get there. All right. Meanwhile... Because I got to talk about some champagne. Uh, we're, oh, we're getting to... I have champagne written down in my notes. Oh, I do as well, friend. This does lead to one of my favorite lines... Before we get to the champagne. Okay. This does lead to one of my favorite lines, which is when they're trying to get out of the space jail, and... Fry says, just bend the hatch off of the steam pipe. And then they do. And then he's like, no good. It's full of steam. Oh, so good. Which. That's always been one of my favorite quotes of, of this episode, too. It's so good. To the point where when I was in college and my roommate was playing World of Warcraft, way back in the days of Burning Crusade, I know this is going on a tangent here, there was a dungeon called the Steam Vaults. And I hadn't ever been there. I was too low level. But when my roommate first went in there, I was like, hey, I've got a question. Are the steam vaults full of steam? And he told me that they weren't. And I was like, no. I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to go in there and yell, no good, it's full of steam. Like This was my plan from the moment that I had learned that there was a dungeon <laughs> called the steam vaults. That's very disappointing. I am the biggest dork. Uh, just get some steam in the steam vaults. I don't. I don't see what's hard about this. But yeah, I love that line just because of the, it's, I can't even explain. It's it's so good. It's just so good. All right. Now let's get to the champagne because you are just aching to talk about some champagne. That looks like some good champagne. I do love Zap's whole idea of romance and just his incompetence with it because Go ahead. I think we might have a different read on this. Well, no, I just... Look, it's it's awful and bad, and no real person should do what Zap Brannigan does. That's a, I agree, and that's a good disclaimer. What I love about it is that he is... He, he is such a big name that Leela is already in love with him before ever meeting him. Yeah. And he is so bad... That he thinks a velour bedspread and mispronouncing champagne is actually going to work? I don't necessarily know if he thinks that's going to work. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure he does. Okay, so this is the basically where we're, we're disagreeing is how much we're going to give to Zap on this, on this plan. Where, where you think his plan is basically, you know, to be the big kind of Zap brand again. Etc. Etc. Whereas I think his plan continues when when he's called on on his BS, and then he starts act, either being sad or acting sad. I think his plan is to act sad to get her into the situation that ends up happening. I personally feel you give him too much credit. I, I mean, it's certainly it's two interpretations of the scene, and it, there's probably enough information given to give either credence and not enough information to discredit one or the other okay well i don't i don't think it's a point really worth arguing no it probably isn't the point is i love the word champagne oh it's a very good word a very good beverage as well i think we also disagree on that point oh zap's initial plan or phase one of his plan depending on who you ask falls through and he starts crying and next thing we know Leela ends up waking up in bed next to him 
which I'm just going to say this now because I don't know if it's really something that's going to come up in future episodes uh, of the podcast. But I actually, one, one of my least favorite things about the earlier seasons of Futurama is just how often this point comes up and is just rubbed in Leela's face. Yeah, it's it's a little gross sometimes. I mean, not to jump too far ahead into future episodes, but many, many episodes in the future, literally any time Zap Brannigan shows up, somebody points out, oh, hey, it's that guy you slept with. Yeah, it's it's overdone at the very least. And maybe it's comedic the first couple times, but they do it. They'd run it into the ground and not not in a way that you can run it into the ground and then it comes back around to being funny, which is uh, definitely a style of humor I understand and I very much enjoy, which is why I like Tim and Eric, but that's another podcast. No, um, we've got too many of those already. The Bender podcast. The, the Zoidberg podcast. The All My Circuits podcast. We have too many. But, but so yeah, they don't, it's not something that, feels like it goes on too long it comes back around to being funny it just feels like oh you're just kind of shaming your character for an act that she did in the third fourth episode which is interesting for a year and a half it's interesting because earlier you made the point about how there's no judgment about the characters that bender presumes to be gay in the hip joint that's true yeah but you're all right. of a sudden it is it's very judgmental that leela may have slept with somebody and and I and I wonder if it's less of a it could be that they just want to keep reminding the viewers if they haven't been watching for a while or like remember this thing this event that happened that is kind of important because it sets up these two characters in a specific way. But but even that gets undercut by how kinda like ha 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 you slept with him, ha 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 it ends up being, not a, a reminder of like if it was always just Zap bringing it up every time, it would be different than Bender going and like laughing at the two of them. Not to, you know, ruin your favorite character, but. Well, I mean, just in general as well. And this this is a whole topic of conversation that I'm not going to get into in this episode because I think it's a little bit more apt for some of the future episodes. Sure, we should definitely table it until then, but it's, it's something but, to keep an eye on. Well, it's just that... As particularly if if you are somebody who is watching through this for the first time, I don't I don't imagine there are many uh, listening to this who are watching for the first time. But I I have always felt that Futurama has some really uh, inconsistent views on feminism. Okay. So just keep that in mind as you as you keep going through. And it's something that we can absolutely talk about. Sure. Um, there are plenty of good examples of it, better examples of it in later episodes. Sure. And, and, and again, this is, you know, all media is a kind of a microcosm of when it was made. And even though we've we've mentioned multiple times about how good the writers are about seeing the future, you know, not everybody's perfect. And it kind of reflects back what 2000 was to us or 1999 so a land where al gore was busy inventing the internet hey without al gore inventing the internet would we even be doing what we're doing right now thank you al gore thank you al gore al gore makes it possible this podcast brought to you by al gore we went on uh, enough of an al gore kick (laughs) we 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 should probably continue 
after the incident, they go down to the planet and mm-hmm. start rescuing some of these animals. And it's another kind of montage where they go through the list and check off and uh so there are different like things that happen like the the snake ends up eating bender or whatever my favorite is when they come to the mimic it it <laughs> Leela is standing right next to the mimic who is acting like Leela and and Fry comes and walks in and kind of has a net and looks at them both for a moment just another moment and throws a net on Leela and just to just to indicate a he he the mimic is pretty good and b he's a duller because it's super easy to figure out which one's which but it's 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 just another point where it's fry just needs to be as smart as needs to be to make right. the joke work and it's actually having that kind of like like knowing what he knows in some other episodes and how dumb he is in this that incident and things like that is just it's it's interesting. I also really like some of the animals on the the checklist, which I've mostly forgotten at this point. But I did notice last night when I was watching this episode. On the list is a parasitic puppy. Okay. Which I I don't mean to judge, but maybe better without those. Yeah, maybe get some you know medication for that i i prefer normal puppies i also prefer normal puppies but yeah they do have a whole kind of montage at the end leela finds nibbler of course who becomes a recurring character in the show it's his first appearance as something that's other than a shadow right which we talked about in episode one we find out pretty quick that he just kind of devours everything in his path Mm -hmm. with some some fantastic vocal sounds not even vocal sounds, just eating sounds. They kind of gross me out, to be honest. It's a, yeah, and they do go on for a while in this this one, right? Like, I hadn't really realized before just how long it goes on when he's eating that big green. Yeah, it, thing. it it is. It's kind of that that where they do it long enough where it's like, oh, okay, and it's funny again. I'm gonna set that as your ringtone. Your ringtone. Oh. I don't want to hear it. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to steal your phone and, and so, set Nibbler devouring a well, monster. Okay. As I your ringtone. I didn't say I I loved it. I saw I said it could it was a little funny. It will definitely get old. I'm sure your wife will love this. I'm sorry. This is this is not my fault actually. This was this one's on Ben, so you you know what to do. Also Zoidberg for president. <laughs> Hashtag whoop, 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 2016. <laughs> A crustacean you can believe in. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, oh. but I like it. We're, we're getting a bit loopy, I think, so let's move on. Yeah, uh, so at that point, once we've found Nibbler and gotten all the animals to safety then being devoured the the planet starts to uh i believe in fry's words kerploding technical term technical term my favorite part of that is that fry's initial reaction is to jump out the window see that was even when it was new that was one of my least favorite jokes of the whole episode that so I was actually you were setting up for this and I would needed to finish watching the episode and that happened 
and I just started laughing. Oh, I know. I I saw you start just laughing, which, like I said, it's just it's not one of my not not really one of my favorite jokes. But, like, and I'm just saying, like, it's very funny to me. This has become quite the de- divisive episode for us. Yeah, it's weird. We're usually so much on the same page about everything. Well, but you know, this is challenging to both of us, and we're only going to get stronger from here. Or it could devour us, and I don't know. Oh, well. Like like a tiny nibbler of... Like a tiny nibbler of... Distrust. Uh, and anger. Well, you know what Oasis says? Don't look back in anger? That's the one. <sighs> that wasn't even funny. No, it was not. Oh, well. To advance the plot, they basically call uh, Zap for help. She doesn't... She kind of gets annoyed. Uh, Lila gets annoyed with Zap because Zap is being macho guy annoying kind of macho guy so she hangs up on him re- and then the rest of the, everybody realizes that she's basically doomed them but 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 what i don't know what you're setting me what, up for what uh, the rest of the plot the how they get out of this jam then we find out nibbler literally just excretes dark matter which is star, uh, starship fuel yeah each pound of which weighs over 10,000 pounds whatever the professor says at the beginning it's very very dense very dense which does kind of make me question how nibbler's digestive system works but not to a point i really want to explore on this podcast even a little bit not on any of my many podcasts that we have just invented maybe on dark matter today no (laughs) okay no i'm not uh no (laughs) But it's it's just that kind of like, oh, we haven't figured out how this solution is going to happen. Uh, the new thing excretes what they need to get done. Or, you know, it just seems like a very like, and that works. It does feel a little bit rushed. Not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that they established that Nibbler will poop dark matter, which basically gives you a free fuel source you know i i was thinking about that when i was watching this episode last night where i was like what does that what does owning nibbler do to the economy or even just your own bottom line it helps your bottom you don't have to pay for fuel anymore so you know they get they get out of it because of nibbler's now now known star fuel factory and then they're free and some of the 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 animals even survived. My, my favorite little bit at the end here is that Leela has a a pair of binoculars in her hand, and you can see her like move between uh-huh. the two uh, eyepieces because somebody with one eye will not be able to use binoculars. Oh, I know. I was a one-eyed starship captain. See, in a exactly. Previous you life. know from experience. Yeah. yeah, before the podcast. Before the podcast, it's weird that you know when you started the podcast, you got a second eye though. If we keep doing this, I might have many eyes. That's how podcasts work. Is it how podcasts work? Yes. Uh, McElroy Brothers, could you please uh, at Back to Futurama and tell me how many eyes you have? Thank you. We get a couple of closing remarks, both from Leela's and Zap's perspectives, which kind of wrap things up. Uh, There really wasn't much to talk about there. They were kind of perfunctory. With that, I think it is time for... Grades. Whoa, okay. <laughs> Grades. Um, I didn't like it. Really? 
I, I talking about it makes me like it a little bit more, but I'm not the plot. I I don't think I'm a Zap fan. I don't. I well, okay. I don't think Zap is a character to be liked. Fair. He's more of a character to be pitied and a character to dislike how he solves his problems. But and basing a episode around him kind of there again. So we talked about this last week where it's they've got some funny bits. But overall, I just it it it's not an episode for me. So I would probably give it. I have a C plus written down. Okay, I'm not gonna say it is one of the better ones. Personally, I think you're maybe being a bit too harsh. I think we kind of flip flopped from last week because uh, I'm. I think I'm gonna give this one a, a solid B. Um, okay. I think we are closer this week than we were last yeah. week. Yeah, but it's it's got a lot of good bits. Whether or not you like Zap Brannigan, because I think you're right. He is more of a character to be pitied. If Zap Brannigan is your role model, you you are not really living your best life. I I would agree with that. I don't want to sound like I'm defending Zap Brannigan because uh, again, I'm I'm with you. I don't as a character, he he's problematic at best. Yeah, but I feel like. I feel like unlike last week, we do get a lot of sort of the overall plot going. We get Nibbler, Zap, like him or not, he shows up quite a bit in the future. And we just get a lot of really, really solid jokes. I mean, like I said, that that whole thing about how the steam pipe's full of steam is literally one of my favorite Futurama jokes of all time. That's true. I mean, it, it that's a good joke. And I think... The first part of the episode before they meet Zap is probably stronger to me than the last part. It's fair. Regardless, I also agree it is not a stellar episode, which is why I, I give it a B. Okay. That's a reasonable assessment. And with that, that will do it for us this week. If you would like to get in contact with us, as always, our email is podcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at Back to Futurama. I'm Ben. I'm Mike. Goodbye Goodbye from from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow.